0: Is there a way to open this like masculinely without a lighter do you know any masculine ways to do this i, I think this maybe not, not,
1: not <laughs> on tuesday we got this dm from the red scare podcast twitter it said hey what's up you little cocksuckers can you not use that theme music that i'm already jacking from someone else and then and then what happened i mean we obviously started texting about how to respond uh we have not responded.
0: It was interesting because, like, we at this point, nobody from the Red Scare had hit us up. Nobody had really acknowledged the roundup until then, and so this was the first olive branch, you could say. Um, I wasn't impressed, you know. I really, I thought, okay, well, this definitely didn't come from Anna. Anna, Nomi calls her Anna. Let's say Anna. Should we say Hannah this, epi- this episode? This ah. episode, it's Anna. I feel like I've heard Dasha say Anna as well, but you heard Anna at the live show herself say Anna. But she was kind of making a joke, like
1: blah blah blah. Certain types of men say, "I don't
0: maybe know." Maybe it's the sound pronounced. Is very bad. Maybe it's pronounced when it's plural, like women, and when it's singular, woman, it's like an Anna Anna. Um, yeah, anyway, this was just a nonsensical. If DM. you're listening
2: at home, every time we discuss the pronunciation of Miss Kachayan's name, you have to take a shot. Actually, it's a drink. <laughs> I think it's Kachian, but sure. This is like a middle school dance kind of vibe, and she's kind of nagging us, and now we've just, you know. But we didn't respond, and I think that was good. Well, I think, you know, look, it's
0: always good to not respond if you don't have something good to say. Uh, I think it was great to. Let's just assume it was Meg, like the thought of Meg writing that and thinking she kind of got us or like, or like, you know, we would start talking and maybe she would relieve some anxiety that way. But then we just like left her hanging as if we didn't see it or didn't care or maybe didn't. And now she knows though, or we could cut this, but now she knows (laughs) that we've actually been thinking about it. and uh, Constantly. I don't know about constantly, but that night it was, it it was exciting. It was hot and heavy. It was really exciting. Cox we also, these <laughs> <You laughs> little cocksuckers. We also that actually hurt my feelings a little.
2: Really? <laughs>
0: no, I a little. <laughs> that was
2: cool. She's that was cool. cool. Well, we
0: learned she has this cool boyfriend. Yeah, I'm, I just am very now. I'm very curious about you know their relationship. And it was remember it was Brad who uh, had texted. I think Meg texted somebody maybe. Oh, no, he was texted uh, Anna or Dasha because Meg pretty funnily was like, why is, why the fuck is Brad texting you? But he had, I think he had texted Anna uh, that BB brought his dog to this embassy opening and it was about his wife. So Brad, Brad was kind of up on uh, BB's wife being disgusting and knew that Anna would think that was funny. So that was good. That was good for everybody. Fun for the whole family.
1: Anna's like in the art world and he's an artist. So uh, seems maybe like they have that's the kind of connection or that's, I'm guessing how Anna and Meg know each other is through Brad. I
2: don't know? want to
1: put uh, Anna and Dasha down, but, but he seems like sort of a narcissist and Meg obviously is drawn to this narcissistic <laughs> personality. That's why she started a
0: podcast with Anna and Dasha. That's why she dates Brad. Is Meg, you know, a doormat or is she dominate Brad and what Brad really wants in the domestic thing is to balance his, you know, sort of brash, arrogant narcissism? Like, I would guess that Meg actually has a lot to say in that relationship, but I could be wrong. He could totally, you know, be steamrolling poor Meg. No. I don't know. I wonder how long they've been going out.
2: I did at least a year. I did a little wow. research, I think.
0: I really, as a human being, feel for Meg's predicament here because you know she's heard this podcast she's reached out to us on twitter and then there's brad and like what is the relation what's the backdrop like brad's gonna beat the shit out of us (laughs) he's he didn't seem like a very like physical guy but he was also like sort of he's a wrestler oh yeah yeah, what am i talking about he's literally a wrestler yeah um brad come on the roundup i think we've got to get brad on the roundup (laughs) for sure uh Meg's DM. Do we cover that? I think we, that. <laughs> we that. I thought Nomi Fry was really terrific. I think she have her back on the pod.
1: I loved everything she said. I just thought that they didn't really uh, listen very, that, very well to her. I thought she... Uh, and I also think that, that from the get-go, what they were there to talk about was just not the best for Nomi Fry. Right. Like, as a guest, I thought they you know, could have spoken more about pop culture or... Um, or, like, did you guys read Nomi's slut? Uh, yeah. Wither the slut. Yeah, they,
0: they talked about that a little.
2: They
1: just referenced sort
0: of, it. Yeah, they're like, you just wrote that, and you also said Venmo feminism. Yeah. Right. They yeah. didn't talk about the slut they thing didn't at all. into it. It would have been interesting to talk to Dasha and Anna about
1: personas in general and sluttiness and Venmo feminism. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think just dig in just, a little. Yeah, just dig in and and ask them what they thought
0: about it, and ask Nomi what she thought about it. And yeah, you uh, have a genius like right a there. It's like missed opportunity. Yeah, like when we have Igor here, we're certainly <laughs> going to try to get him to say some interesting stuff. You know, when they announced that Nomi Fry was going to be on the show, I just got super
1: excited that just this mega meme internet personality, brilliant writer, pop culture critic. You know, was going to be on the show. Nomi is is amazing, and her her online brand and persona is amazing. And I was just like super excited about the the substance of what they were going to talk about. I was also excited about the fact that Nomi Fry being on the show signaled a kind of like ambitiousness from them. Like, I mean, all of their guests to some extent have been kind of like memes in their own right. Yeah, Uh, gossip babies. Yeah, but like Nomi Fry. you know, works for the New Yorker, works for this, like, powerful institution. I was just excited that they were going to get Naomi Fry and, you know, what that meant. And that's just consistent with the overall feeling like this podcast is a really big It's on deal. a
0: meteoric rise. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're making a pretty heavy investment, you know, is to be our, our flagship roundup is about the Red Scare.
1: It's just an important space.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, we now have a follower on on Reddit named Red Scare Roundup Wrap-Up. Shout out to him. He wants to do a podcast that rounds up our podcast. What makes you think it's a man? Maybe she. I'm not sure. Uh,
1: Here's a trivia question back to the Nomi Fry conversation. Who, uh, in terms of Anna, Dasha, Nomi Fry, rank them in terms of Twitter followers? Who has the most
0: Twitter followers? Ooh. Wow. I have no idea. Um,
2: ah, it's between Nomi Fry and I have Dasha. no They seem like,
0: to me, I'd are like, all, like all the same. Um, I would I'm going to say
2: Nomi Fry, number one. Then? Then Dasha, then Anna. Uh,
0: I,
1: I, I'm Garrett, saying they're tightly packed. Yeah, I think I would have also guessed Nomi Fry at the top, and then Dasha, and then Anna. What I found here, when I crunched the numbers, is that <laughs> Dasha has 28... Thousand followers on Twitter, or nearly 30,000 if you include her like rogue food eating Twitter account. Do you know about this? <laughs> no. Whoa, I put a pin in that Dasha Gollins. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, Dasha Eats is like has like 1500 okay. followers or something like Holy that. Holy shit, so that's Max. 30k, and then Nomi has uh 10.7 thousand followers on twitter and then anna at 9.9 9. Hmm. so you're kind of right well those two no i mean, wasn't
2: wow. but similar. Dasha has a ton of followers what is the lesson of dasha she had a huge viral meme yeah she's hot i also is be there, curious yeah. on the historicals like she where was Bogart. she before the
0: info where was she before the info wars how many followers did it get her do you think oh, you red scare her? probably got her a lot too
1: i thought the choice of what the topics you know i thought it was going to be maybe about like i said vanderpump rules or John Mayer or something, you know, like mm-hmm. that. But it was about Philip Roth and uh, Jordan Peterson. And, well, Anna had never read Philip Roth. Mm-hmm. Meg had never read Philip Roth. Uh, Nomi had read five or six five books. Five or six. Um, and Dasha had
0: a, a connection, though. Dasha felt... She loved she it. Was, Yeah, she was like, I read very young. I was deeply affected, scramble my brain, define yeah. my sexual, you know, that's vocabulary. Why she's staring at him now. It all makes sense. Yeah. I mean, she was like, it blew my mind. And so I think it made sense for them to talk about it. I think, I think, you know, Nomi has, oh, knows yeah, more, no, but did she, but I mean, about Jordan Peterson, she was like, I've been intentionally avoiding this topic. Yeah.
1: And there was there also, was, I'm just so sick of Jordan Peterson content. Are you saying that or Nomi was saying that? Cause she was kind of,
0: she was saying that too, at yeah. the beginning, she was like, I just, this is annoying to me. And yeah. so like, I didn't need to hear, even though I was happy to hear uh, the Red Scare talk about anything really, but like, you know, I was just like, talk about not Jordan Peterson.
1: There was this moment when uh, Nomi said, like, I've been avoiding actually reading about right. Jordan Peterson. And Dasha was like, until we made you.
0: And, <laughs> I didn't like, catch that. Wow. And it was
1: just very subtle. But I was just thinking, like, why is Nomi Fry talking about Jordan Peterson? Like, she obviously, or my impression, I'm curious what you guys think, is that Nomi took no pleasure in talking about him just kept being like, he's disgusting, he's a loser. Yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't like a fun
0: thing to talk about. She said a good thing about his suit with the piping. I don't know if you saw oh, this yeah. suit. Yeah. He got this like new suit that he sort of kept wearing on this tour, this sort of media tour, which was like this brown suit with massively wide lapels <laughs> and like silver piping. And it was just the weirdest yeah, like most like old timey meets like idiot yeah. salesman, like uh, it oh, was yeah salesman. that was the snake <laughs> oil salesman but it really was a, a retarded suit yeah. and so that was that was uh you know nomi nomi brought that up but i feel you like just so much is so many think pieces about jordan peterson it's so irritating and it's so kind of it's like boring. yeah it's so kind of boring i think that like i didn't care for like anna's evaluative dis, you know uh evaluative versus um Prescriptive. Prescriptive uh, distinction. just like, whatever. Just Jordan Peter's is a fucking Loser. piece of shit. Like, just go away, yeah, guy. Did, yeah. But the, I did like the, um, you know, the sort of his whole thing about like, you know, women, sexual energy, chaos, you know, men, order, it's like, okay, the women have the great podcast, which is basically like a creative work of art. And then the men try to like define it and criticize it and like put it in a what are we doing here in the roundup? Jordan Peterson is right. Wow. Um, so yeah, that was the one thing I found a petite bit resonant to me. Um, but yeah, I guess, I, I, I guess hate back, to, back to my
1: question is kind of like, why? Uh, why did they have Nomi Fry on the show? What is their kind mm. of
0: what, guess? What do you mean? Like, she, she's like, they, they don't even like that many people. They're like, who's cool and funny? Gossip Babies is cool and funny. Nomi Fry is cool. The same people we think are cool and funny. Like, they're like, let's get them. And, like, those people are like, the Red Scare is good. I want to be a part of it early, just like we do. Also, this episode Everybody's trying to get with
2: them. I mean, Nomi Fry is a great person to talk about Philip Roth. I mean, Judaism, sexuality. You know, it's a.
1: Yeah. I thought they didn't really listen to her that well. Like, there was a moment when uh, Nomi said he didn't really like the Jewish woman. And Uh she sort of says like that, you know, reading Phil Broth was kind of painful for her. And then that comment is sort of left there and Anna goes on a rant about how attractive that is. Uh. (laughs) And I just, I thought that was an interesting moment of, of Nomi kind of saying this interesting point and, and it wasn't like, they didn't ask more questions. They didn't really dig in. They kind of just, uh, monologuing back and forth.
0: Yeah. I feel like they're not, th- there's treatment of guests in both episodes has not been to ask the guests any questions. Yeah. Like maybe a little bit, but like mostly kind of like, you're here, you're part of this conversation, like get in here and say what you're going to say and everyone's going to put in their thing and like maybe that'll evolve and maybe it'll make their guest shows like a little bit more engaging to like put some thought in and ask some questions, especially if you have a gem. Like if you have a, tr- if you have like a, you know, whatever guest, then by all means, like crowd them out or whatever. But if you have like Nomi Fry, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to, to ask her some questions. But she, I thought it was, you know, I still thought it was like a rock solid app, but I do think like they have to figure out how to like let their guest voices into the fucking pot of mm-hmm. it. Like we haven't had any guests yet. Like we may have guests. We're gonna have to be pretty, pretty thoughtful about copying exactly how Red Scare treats guests. This is the first ever episode roundup that's been just pure episode to episode. And this is about episode eight of... Ten. Is it 10? Is it oh, yeah, I yeah. guess nine was incels Special. Sorry. Episode 10 of The Red Scare. And this is episode three of The Roundup, one to one. So maybe we should just sort of make sure we cover the stuff that happened mm-hmm. in the episode. So it started with the sort of Philip Roth was the first segment have you guys read any philip roth books i have
2: read by the way, one thing i took away i have read portnoy's complaint and i feel like inadequate that i've only read one but then i heard them and they're like yeah i've read none i've read one i was like okay but i still do want to read more i know you're the expert gary like, I, like, I wouldn't say i'm
0: the expert but i've read you know let's say doesn't. let's say 10 12 or some 12 i'd say That's. i got some hot takes
1: yeah. Let's yeah. Here's that. one I
0: take. The Ghostwriter sucked. All right. The Ghostwriter wasn't good, and it just I hated it. Anyway, uh, the uh, some other other interesting Roth memes. Just while we're here, yeah, is there are two books by women about women. Would you do like Whammen. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's two books by whammin about Roth. One is by Claire Bloom, who I believe was his literal wife. Um, at least his very, very serious girlfriend, mm-hmm. but I think his wife, she wrote a book called like, In a Doll's House about, how, about her relationship with Philip Roth and that he was just an absolute psychopath monster controlling- I'm shocked. <laughs> shocked. And that was one. And that was also allegedly a very good book, like a very interesting book. And then, uh, and then the other book about Philip Roth by a woman is uh, very recent- it is by Lisa Holiday or something similar, Halloway Holiday, And she is someone who at a young age met Roth uh, and started a, a, a relationship, a romantic relationship that was sort of short-lived and a friendship. And she wrote a book about Roth that was very admiring. And he allegedly once, like in an interview, like he didn't blurb the book or he was interviewed and he was, gave a comment or something. And, and he said, like, she really got me. Hmm. it was that was was his take and that was in one of the obituaries but yeah I I feel like these two books by women about Philip Roth that people are saying are both excellent and very interesting would be cool to read I'm probably gonna try to take a crack at some point um but yeah I love Philip Roth yeah that was sad what did you
1: think of the substance of the conversation were you disappointed that Meg and and I had not read any Philip Roth
0: I mean I I like the conversation. I wish that conversation had gone on longer, like at the expense of Jordan Peterson content. Like, I like that part. Like, the topic's interesting. I thought the part about, you know, some of the conversation about like attraction, like Anna was saying, like, you know, she really would. Uh, make the trade of like I will take care of you in these ways and like you take care of me in these ways and like I and re- and Dasha's like no you wouldn't and she's yeah. like yes I would yeah <laughs> uh, and she was really serious about that and I like the part where they describe like the gross scene of like Philip Roth writing the thing about going down on a woman and it was like unforgettable and it was like leathery. the word leathery came <laughs> up I, I remember reading Portnoy's Complaint, and I was older than Dasha claims to have been when she read Portnoy's Complaint. But who knows? She um, took
1: a break after reading. But
0: that. I was I would say seventeen when I read that, and I remember reading it, and a, a non Jewish friend's mom looking at me reading it, and she like she like knew what she seemed to know what it was, and she's like, oh, you're reading that. And I was like, yeah, it's crazy. And she was like, oh, like, and it was like pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's a raunchy just, book. Truly, even at 17, when I had already. You, you were know, running I, around getting hand jobs on the softball field. Right? Yeah, right. I actually, on a football field, I got a huge hand job. <laughs>
1: the biggest <laughs> the, hand
0: And, job. and uh, once, yeah, at a uh, basketball court, I got a huge, another massive hand job. Um, so no, but I was, I had masturbated plenty by 17 and had a lot of, you know, sexual thoughts and content consumption and whatever. And so, but it scrambled my brain for sure at 17. Like yeah. I was like, whoa, like you can really say all sorts of shit. They oh, see. The, the, the lack of backlash. Like the, there was not like a, they were expecting, they were all like, uh, Googling po- poise waiting for someone to do the think piece of like, it's time to reconsider like Philip Roth as like a good, like they were ready for the fucking annoying me to take
2: on. Should we talk about Morgan Freeman? <laughs> oh, yeah, wait, But last thing on <laughs> Philip Roth though, that then is what is, what is the extent of his actual of besides like his characters, maybe being misogynistic, you mentioned Gary the this book about from from one of his like former wives or something but like is there much to the like IRL me too Philip Roth case
0: As far as I know there aren't any like allegations that like Philip Roth cornered me and told me I was stupid right. and then kissed me <laughs> Right 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 There was so, none of that So maybe that was, As far that was as I know it but i do think more it was like privately like with his right. wives just like mad and controlling. Impressive. Philip Roth also maybe the reason Anna doesn't listen to or doesn't read Philip Roth uh, is because if you listen to him his interviews like if you listen like when he died they were like Terry Gross like remembers mm-hmm. my 14 interviews with Philip Roth or whatever. He's so boring on a podcast. Great mm. novelist, boring podcaster and i feel like Anna i want to call her Anna. It's fine whatever. Um, <laughs> I feel like Anna respects good podcasters.
1: I mean, I like that she. I like that she has never read Philip Roth, but she still. She had one line that was like Philip Roth did for masturbation, what Duchamp did for appropriation, <laughs> uh, what Andy Warhol did for star fucking. Mm-hmm. She has some good lines, even though she. Has never read Philip Roth. She says she's dabbled in Portnoy's
0: Complaint. Dabbled, that's right. Wow, you have, did you take good notes or just great I recall? Listened twice. Twice. Um, so that's what I'm doing. One more, just Nomi Fry thing that that came to mind was I put I'd put a pin on it earlier was the Jackie Collins uh, sort of what like Anna or Dasha was like who is Jackie Collins exactly like what kind of stuff because Nomi was like I love reading Jackie Collins and she was like just gave this that was a moment where she really was like so great at just calling through the, like, what's interesting about this piece of culture. And she was just like, this Beverly Hills mogul, Mary's, and she just described, I don't even want to try to imitate it, it but it was, it was so alpha and it was also just so, so interesting. And it made me want to know more. And it was just a great example of uh, Nomi Fry's ability to make, you know, low culture extremely fascinating.
1: And also they're just praising Philip Roth and he's pretty misogynist. and. Here's Nomi Fry with an author who I haven't heard of, but who has written like 30 books or whatever. And, and is dead also? And is dead and cool moment. I liked that.
0: Judy or Jackie Collins? Jackie, Jackie Collins. Uh, Judy Collins is the who's the singer? I think Judy Collins is a singer. It's yeah. definitely Jackie Collins.
2: Uh, she's Andre's got the confirmation. Hollywood Wives. The the topic of incels came up. Now we all are Patreon subscribers, so we heard Wait, is a special- that true, Gary?
0: That the topic. Of, no, no. I, are you a Patreon subscriber?
2: I don't. Uh, yes, yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. okay. Why I is should.
1: that like an embarrassing thing?
0: I'm kidding. I'm, okay. I just, just I a, just, res, I just subscribed and I listened to the incel episode.
2: Okay. By the Great. way, that's a good time to update.
0: Yeah. What are the Patreon
2: at? numbers. Okay. Red Scare, two thousand seven hundred dollars per month. Not bad. <laughs> Red Scare Roundup one dollar per month not bad, dude we, we have a patreon guys you guys should
1: we should yeah, subscribe we haven't, really, we haven't really launched launched the patreon i think this is something we could uh put some yeah thought into yeah you what know, you got in the tears <laughs> sure. yeah. i don't know one thing that stuck out about the incel special is dasha says the word a simulation didn't catch it
0: <laughs> because it was a Patreon one, I found myself multitasking and like looking up like which mattress should I buy and like, you That's know. It's not
1: a bad thing because there was a good like five minute period of silence and oh, yeah.
2: quietly there was a gap. About there. what
1: to talk about. And yeah. they're like, and Meg is like reassuring them, don't worry, I'll just put a transition here and, and this no transition. I
0: feel like that had to have been a choice to include because it's like the Patreon. If they like yeah. really talked about that and thought about that as a gesture, like big ups. You can
1: hear Adam's voice in the background. Is it Adam? Yeah,
0: I assumed it was Adam.
1: Pretty sure it's Adam, and they're talking about sex robots and seem to be like unsure if that fits in with the topic of incels. And he's in the background saying, "Yeah, that that fits. That fits with the concept." <laughs>
2: well, uh, then they talked about sex robots amazing. on this on, on this. I mean, they repeated some of the stuff from the, they brought from in from some the, some uh, patrons patrons into the the free one. They must have thought it was pure gold. Well, yeah, I thought their take. It's very hard. I think. F- in the same way that it's hard for maybe men to get into the psychology of women it's it was hard for them i think to get into the psychology of like a male incel like they were like no it's anna's obsessed that any guy could easily just get laid that's like, a troll i <laughs> think that's got i don't I think so i really don't think so
1: she has a line that i wrote down life is really a pussy buffet if you do the bare minimum
0: yeah, uh, I think it's a way of being dominant. Like, I think it's a way of saying you're pathetic if you can't get a woman, and like, I'm gonna make it seem like it's so fucking easy to attract and have sex with a woman that if you don't, you're actually. I think it's like an amazing dom thing to me. say, basically. I, and do it you has think truth that they don't it. actually? Like, they don't actually think that. Well, what does actually think even mean in the context of Anikachyan? Anikachyan. Yeah.
2: I mean, I've known some incels. Do, do, do
0: incel- they think it's
1: easy to get sex if you're a man? I
0: think, I think they, they do. Think, I think they think if you can't get sex, you are pathetic. And well, that, I mean, I think it is easy. I think they're saying I want to have sex. Somebody approach me. Like right. I feel a deficit of like, I see men all the time who I'd like to approach me and have sex and they don't approach me and have sex. So like, or like seduce me or whatever, or just buy me a drink. So yeah, in that, to that, in that, since it's very true but i think they're also just playing around anna wants well, some
1: alpha male you know elon musk to slip into her dms she doesn't want some uh skater she doesn't want some skater bro like <laughs> or you know some twitter person with a rose in their name
2: definitely not right? that oh there was also about the ro- the robot thing that adam talked about came up and then anna had this whole thing about how would a man uh want to have sex where he didn't please the woman. Do you remember this? Yeah, the ultimate. Yeah, she was like that the ultimate because you're gonna get off nine out of
0: ten times, the man. So isn't the I don't remember how she described it, but like isn't the ultimate isn't the joy of being a man of being a man the getting the woman off? And the answer is yes, and yeah, also <laughs> other stuff. But yes, and you know, it is it is joyful to get a woman off. But it's well, not we're the all whole sort of like sensing in that way. Also, um, just
1: one of the joys of the show of the Red Scare podcast is just Anna grappling with like what kind of man she wants and mm-hmm. what gender roles are. And she kind of keeps us guessing like, yeah. or I just think from the, at the beginning of the podcast, she's saying, um, Philip Roth is so her type cause he's so obsessed with death and he's bookish and Holocaust trauma. And she's like, I want a man who's more obsessed with death uh then or sorry i want a man who's more obsessed with himself than he'll ever be with me and they're all like yeah 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 and then later she does this bit that we're talking about about like isn't the greatest joy about being a man being focused on the woman and so it's like right it's not necessarily a contradiction but it's like which man does she want i feel feel
0: like anna has a great sense of like the ways in which your personality and your character have to be resolved on the other end of the coin, like you know, oh, like you're this dominant person, you must have this submissive relationship. Yeah. I feel like Anna and Dasha are both like switches. They're both dom-, dom and sub. They like to be in different, embody different, interesting. You know, uh, a, a woman I was talking to the talking to about the Red Scare and the roundup said that you know one short. Uh, shortcut that both podcasts take is saying psychosexual. It's just like an intellectual shortcut, but I I felt myself about to say it again. I was saying they want to embody different, you know, psychosexual roles because they're all interesting. They see interesting things in each, you know, and they kind of want to be, uh, you know, dominant and also like, you know, bony arm situation and, um, you know, and the bony, respect,
1: arm, you know? the bony arm
0: perspective, I think,
1: comes out more because it's uh, such a, you know, hot take nowadays. Like, it's so far from the discourse to talk in that way,
0: uh, you know, to speak about gender dynamics in, in like, right. I want a
1: man to right. me,
0: basically. Well, the neolib, it's, like, both just, dis- like, the obviously, like, the suck the dick of the terrorist incel yeah. before he can commit his thing is pretty outside the discourse, and so is the... Uh, uh, so, is that man, I want a man to dominate me? I feel like the neoliberal sexual discourse is I want to uh, be successful in capitalism and like yeah. my husband, and together we will have sex and procreate yeah. and like have kids go to fucking private school or whatever. Like, it's just I like
2: the phrase, we're trying.
0: It, it, yeah, we're, yeah, that's a great <laughs> call. That's an amazing call. You
2: ever meet like a very asexual couple and then they say, We're trying. It's like they're having like very robotic <laughs> sex to try. is having. the. Is
0: the most fucking the worst word for having sex there is <laughs> so humiliating we're trying yeah
2: yeah there was actually there was some anti or just just not any uh, uh recognition of the reality of erectile dysfunction on the on the pod They were like yeah well obviously a guy like a guy wouldn't have trouble coming ever it's like yeah they might have trouble <laughs> yeah
0: yeah a man a man could not come I mean, she said all- nine times out of 10 which i felt like was not like uh, yeah, accurate. Well, what's I thought the, that was not an extreme. Like actually, when I thought of that, I thought like m- the standard thing to say would be the man always comes. Yeah. And so I thought she was actually leaving some room for. But not then why do we have sex. what's the,
2: What's that thing called Roman? The the, the, <laughs> yeah. the yupster uh, the Viagra. yupster male propecia's and viagra's <laughs> yeah. that are coming out right what's now. What's that one called? Hims. Hims. I've seen that. Hims. I'm targeted on Instagram for both of these oh. <laughs> oh, that's horrible.
0: I hate all the brands right now. What's a good brand? Red Scare, the Roundup Network.
1: I also, the to go back to uh, Andre, you brought up the quote. Anna says, my greatest dream is to cook and clean for a man and fold his boxers. And she's basically saying, that's what gives me joy. That's what makes me feel like a human being, provided he was able to take care of me financially, emotionally, sexually. And so you know, financially and sexually is pretty clear, although we could talk about that, but, you know, just this question of what does it mean to take care of Anna emotionally? And, like...
0: I hope that's what we're doing.
1: Yeah, does it... <laughs> does she want someone to make a podcast about her podcast? Because... I gotta think, yes. Now we're all Patreon subscribers.
0: It's Venmo uh, feminism, baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she also is, uh, you know, semi-related to this. You know, she had a take on psychiatry, which I thought was, like, a bit glib, which was, you know, just be like, that's the whole point of it. They're trying to keep you crazy so they can stay in biz. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, like... Oh, the Sopranos so. thing, uh... I don't know, there's just, like, there's... Just a... I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it, too, and, like, I love hot takes, yeah. and I love hot takes from the Red Scare, but I know that you know anna's probably got like a pretty nuanced take on uh on the profession or whatever um,
2: one of the funniest things that i'm sure we've all been in therapy at different times in our lives is is no, how you uh, <laughs> i think i saw my accident. but uh, the other day but um is is the end when it's like you you're having like this intense conversation and then it's like Okay, that, that's gonna give me your credit card. <laughs> like it just flips on a dime. That's Yeah, so you just start venoming the therapist. Uh, the yeah. I think the therapist. only classy
0: way to charge as a therapist is to hand a person a piece of paper, like monthly, and not ever do credit card.
2: <laughs> I dealt with square, literal square, cha- that, literal square. Hand me a Literal square. The guy had a square on the, on the uh, uh, cell phone, on the phone. Oh. And it just didn't work. To it was Venmo, like right. therapist. <laughs> oh, this! I can't believe you missed this one, Gary. This was there was a whole thing about when the Jordan Peterson section about posture. Oh, and yes. Everyone said they had bad posture. Jordan Peterson. The conversation about <laughs> slouching,
1: I loved. Yeah. Just because it it just you know, and the, I I always think about. The movie Reality Bites. Have you guys seen that? Standing Up Straight. Classic
2: sucks. Gen X.
1: Right. So I just think that uh, nowadays more people would identify with Ben Stiller's character, who's this like media cuck, like, you know, TV producer, than Ethan Hawke, who's this like cool slacker. And there's also that movie Slacker, which I've never seen, but I know is like kind of an important film. Yeah. And uh, I just feel like, you know, right now, like, what people aspire to is so uh, foreign to that kind of ethos, the Ethan Hawke ethos, and yeah. hearing them talk about slouching, I'm just kind of like, it's like they're kind of like built. I guess it's sort of like bringing slacker back, yeah. The fail son, fail daughter thing that Chapo is also doing It's just like creating this space for this counterculture that is far more relatable to me and I think yeah. us than the mainstream. Like,
0: uh, yeah, permission yuppie. to slouch is so precious. <laughs> Like, yeah. you, need, you need to feel okay uh, not just constantly uh, doing emails or whatever.
1: Yeah. Running.
0: And I think, huh? Running. Running. Yeah, running. <laughs> yeah. Running. I do want to go to the gym with them somehow. <laughs> yeah, maybe after episode, like, 60, I'm down. But okay. All right, yeah. here's, a, here's a trivia question for yeah. you guys. What are the three qualities Nomi Fry hopes that her daughter has when she grows up? Or just develops. I know
1: she said. No, I'm
0: going away. Okay. One. Like, thinking, and thinking, and thinking and reflective. thinking, Sympathetic, thinking, and reflective. She wants beautiful. her baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Parenting was a theme, which I thought was interesting on this show. Like there was, you know, talking to Nomi Fry about parenting. And then it was also Meg said, I have this fear that I'm going to hate my kid, uh, which I, I don't identify with that. It's interesting fear. Uh, I think I'll be annoyed.
1: I definitely identify with that.
0: Interesting. I think I don't hate myself. I just really annoy myself, and that's Mm -hmm. what I fear.
1: I thought um, this is a nice segue to talk about Meg, uh, but Meg, you know, overcame, obviously, some sort of cold. She was coughing a lot, (laughs) and she really shined, I thought. She uh, did a few things that I really liked. One was that she brought the conversation back to jordan peterson after
0: dasha, gone.
1: dasha started talking about baudrillard and seduction and was doing like not a bad but not an amazing job of summarizing
2: i was impressed with dasha on this episode by the way. She she seemed very like she knew her shit and she was very like
1: yeah i mean i i agree with that i just think um they were kind of getting off topic or not having the most focused conversation and meg was sort of like Jordan Peterson also says, you know, productivity meant can men and women work together. So I appreciated that. Yeah. Uh, she also brought up the Bill Maher thing. They
0: talk like. Oh yeah.
1: He, she references Bill Maher and everyone groans. Yeah, I didn't. I really didn't funny. hear
0: Meg like belly flop in this episode no. once. She seemed. Uh, by the
2: way, somebody a redditor. Wait, what was it? Uh, what was it? I,
0: I not that I heard her belly flop, but there was a moment where she
1: brings up John Updike not being able to write sex scenes, and sort of like no one is talking about that. <laughs> but anyway. A subtle I didn't mean belly belly flap.
0: maybe that's you know not, not, a subtle perhaps.
1: Uh, I guess uh what I'm saying is that Meg did a great job um in keeping the Do conversation We have like a clap
0: track, we can, we should,
1: yeah. Meg did a great job in keeping the conversation focused, but also doing this thing which I you know I was alluding to earlier, which is that Nomi me fry, you know, at least Meg is like you're a mom. You have yeah. this, you know, expertise. Let's talk about it. You're the first mom on the show. And then... uh oh, that's good. And that was cool, number one. And number two, she said the thing about not liking her children, or like uh, Meg being scared about not liking her children, which made me very sympathetic to Meg. Yeah. Just based on my own uh, similar fear. Um, so I thought Meg did a good job. Meg guys- opened up
0: that whole subject, which was very fruitful. Like, like Nomi said some wonderful things about parenting that were fascinating. She yeah. was like, you know... Talking about the the appeal of like doing heroin with your kids just to be cool and agreeable, yeah. and that oh, was oh, I can see funny. myself
2: getting that. No and
0: uh, and just you know, just talking about the way she loves her daughter, which was just beautiful. And yeah. then also Anna had a great joke uh, slash poignant, sad, dark joke, which was like, yeah, my both of my parents didn't like me, but then my dad died, and my yeah. mom started appro- like liking that I'm a podcaster. So like, I'm saying it gets better, and that was just like an amazing poignant yeah. joke <laughs> that was well, did cool did you uh, know about that no did i had you, no like, idea yeah. i had no idea but uh you know fucking sad and kudos to you know the sort of to make a, an amazing joke about your life's tragedy
1: they system. are literally going to be wealthy podcasters
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, the the Patreon is growing. Yeah, dream. Uh, They got a roundup. They got the first
2: round. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a wrap up of the roundup. There's also a redditor named Nexus Maxis, and s slash he. We don't know the gender. uh, Said they they, them uh, said that uh, made a point. They them listens to Come Town and they made a point. That Meg sort of has the same relationship to the two main hosts as Adam does on Cometown is this sort of like third wheel vibe, mm. and that that may be why some of this awkwardness happens is that is that like she's trying to get a word in edgewise and Adam I noticed, I listened to a few Cumtowns to try to like get a sense of what what's all about You're so and brave. Adam <laughs> yeah Adam is like the very much the like. Third wheel gets a word mm. in sometimes, but is sort of like not in the main conversation. Mm. That is an interesting point.
0: How did you find uh, your come town experience?
2: Uh, I loved it, redditors. Please don't beat
0: me up. <laughs> I'm more worried about Brad and the redditors. Brad is going to wrestle uh, us. Yeah. Wrestle us to the ground. Uh, hold my bony arms down, Brad. <laughs> um, I tried to listen to Come Town as well again because like our Twitter followers are like, you should really try listening to Come Town. Like you, you'll understand Red Scare more. And I listened, and I was just like, oh, this is like bleak. There's a nonstop annoying laugh going through, and I believe that's Stop. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know who's still like even Stop, like I don't even, this bald fat guy or whatever, yeah. but like, uh. I don't know their personalities really, but like, I try to listen. I'm like, this is bleak, this is not smart, this is not funny, sure. and and I find myself skipping to another part just to escape the laugh. And then any part I skip to the laugh is ongoing. Like yeah. I'll skip to any part of the timeline. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um,
1: <laughs> that's amazing. That
0: and there so... must be something there that I don't see yet,
2: or I haven't listened no, I to enough it's yet. A, it's but like, I just it, it reminds me of what I liked it, when I was, when I was like a teenager and it like shocked, they're kind of like shock millennial jocks. shock jocks is how I describe them. It's kind of like, wow, that's how, a, they're going to, Howard not stern, like to hear that about themselves kind of, that's a sick that shade i would say it's just like a different vibe oh, like howard stern Opie and anthony jim norton vibes but but like with more millennial references um yeah you know, it's not my it's not Adam my cup of funny. tea but He's but funny. i i thought I, th- I, th- I thought adam's funny and i think I think Nick is funny. He's not quite my tech tea, but kind of funny.
0: Um, First meme mention of Berlin, I think, on Red Scare. Yeah, Dasha's time in Berlin. Dasha's like, yeah, I started smoking. Like, I told my parents I smoked after, like, I went to Berlin. And I was just (laughs) like, wow, like, there's nothing offensive about that Berlin reference even. It's just like, first meme Red Scare Berlin reference. And then Anna says,
1: "I." And then Anna says, "I also learned to roll cigarettes, uh, but not in Sicily." In Sicily, (laughs) they're both just so on brand.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I
1: love it. I love it. Something, uh, changing the subject. Something I like about Dasha is just how, when someone asks her a question uh, that she doesn't know the answer to, she answers honestly. I don't know. Like Mm -hmm. uh, the example in this episode was. Um, Nomi is talking about, they're talking about Judy Bloom and they're, they're like, Do you remember Ralph? And Dasha's is like, No. And it's like, Ralph is the name of the penis. But also, like, the, uh, the original version of this is the InfoWars thing when the reporter is like, um, uh, Did you know, know that? Yeah, did you know that Bernie Sanders lives in three million dollar homes? And she's like, No, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I, it's so, I, the way I am is to compulsively like try to mirror someone's affect and energy level that I end up like saying I've seen a ton of things (laughs) about a ton of things that I actually don't just for the sake of like keeping the conversation going. And it's just so cool. That's one of the qualities of Dasha that I like the most is that she's just actually in the moment listening to someone speak and someone's like, do you know this thing?
0: And she's like, no, I don't. I recently told an old, old woman. She said, how familiar... She says, are you pretty familiar with Wellesley's dorms? And I said, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old all- school. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never been to Wellesley. I have no idea. That's but hilarious. I was with two friends, and one of them was clowning me for it. Like, how can you possibly... Yeah. And uh, And the other one was like, I would have said the exact same thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me... <laughs> that reminds me... I saw a video um hillary clinton a wellesley grad the most famous wellesley grad gave a commencement speech at yale and she said it was you know you know the meme of you wear funny hats on class day at yale and she wore she wore a uh russian babushka i saw
0: that I saw that.
2: Hillary trying to be funny is really one of my favorite. Very favorites. sad for Hillary, but good for the Red Scare podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. Hillary knows, sees the writing on the wall and is just like, I got to get down Russian, with Russian Very shit. <laughs> trendy.
0: More I Jordan Peterson stuff. Like, we kind of glazed over that
2: Yeah, you know, let's get into it. We, we have some insight maybe here that... that, that uh, You're talking into the experience of being an incel. to be a fucking male incel. <laughs> I think Nomi Fry had a good point that it was like, the, that there's like rage that that it's sort of mm, yes rage that that there's this incel rage um then also i think it was anna so it made the point that it's like yeah like all you want is a monogamous monogamous relationship but trust me if you got into a monogamous relationship it's not perfect either like that was that was a good point obviously like it's a cl- classic grass is always greener situation but kind of
0: like one kind of like miss i had like culturally was like remember when the handmaid's tale first came out i watched a couple episodes and you know it was interesting but like i remember like people being like yeah yeah this is like look mike pence in the is the vice president like this we're on the verge of this and i was like no this is more of like sci-fi fantasy like whatever and i was like this is pretty like i don't see a lot of this actually in and we've gone pretty quickly to like a real debate about enforced monogamy and sexual redistribution which say what you will about like the te- like the defenders are like no 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 and then they say yeah actually yeah like that's literally happening like in the discourse in a way that's just shocked me like i was kind of like come yeah. on like when handmaid's tale came out i was like this is a good show but like let's not like spare the think pieces but like people are really yeah
2: yeah it's crazy one other good point Anna made, I think, in both this and the Patreon episode, was was um, that in 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 this sort of like feudal society that these like incels imagine to, that they're recreating, they would have never gotten laid. They would have all become monks and like eunuchs and shit. Like what did she mean from. by that?
1: Because in my, I was thinking, enforced monogamy is some sort of like communist. Like one to one situation, but she's saying in an enforced monogamy situation they would be monks. It's like a more
0: mark. Well, well she, maybe she's saying it was in a more like market based enforced monogamy or something. A lot of these fucking losers wouldn't be able to afford shit or wouldn't be right. wouldn't be given anything by some government, and so they would just like find the best viable path. I could be wrong, in, no, no, but like the best viable path. But is been
1: like Peterson monk. saying market like sexual marketplace, or is he saying communists?
2: I think he's basically, and they Militarian. point this out, this isn't my point, but that, that he's basically like a free market libertarian psycho, except about sex. Then he's like, yeah, there's massive market yeah, redistribution. that's kind of the critique. is like, like, don't
0: uh, help anyone who's struggling in any way, except for men who are struggling and not having sex with women. Then the state should intervene and actually do something there, which does he, like it's all so fucking dark. Like yeah. just the Jordan Peterson thing just makes me want to like, and I feel like, you know, Nomi Fry was kind of like this too. And they all, you kind of have to talk about it if you have like, you know, a chaotic, you know, women's podcast that the men have to control and um, <laughs> reign in. Um, you know, you kind of have to address it. But I feel like Nomi Fry does too, which is just like, you're talking about Jordan Peterson. It's like, there anything else I could be doing right now? Yeah. And I guess that's why. But we're I mean, kinda, that's why we have Trump. That's why you we, know? we, We're
2: like, yeah. we're like we got to do something. There's definitely... And it's and like the internet has just put this on steroids. That these like disaffected male youth thing going on. That's that's like very fucked up. Um, that's such a charming thing that the celebrities and Nomi Fry, this, the the Spencer, Spencer Pratt. It's great. John Mayer, right, heartwarming. We? The Safties.
1: They're sort of like indie darlings.
0: Indie,
2: they are definitely. Compared oh my to god! John I realized that the Safties are tight with M. Rata's husband. Neanderthal Ryan mm, Philippe. Yeah, I'm gonna I, have to I, d- dig deeper into that. Sibo <laughs> gonna... Bear on uh, Instagram. Sibo Bear, like Sebastian. Oh. His
0: name's literally like Sebastian. I thought it was like off-brand uh, gummy bears you get at the Sibo <laughs> Chibo Express at JFK. Sibo Bear. Cibot Express C-I-G-O. is an under underrated brand. Oh my god, I never had a pleasant Sibo Express uh, eating experience. Could you
1: imagine? Uh, Emrata going on red scare.
0: Wow, Emrata, go on red scare.
2: She, or roundup.
1: She has a. <laughs> or roundup
0: and or roundup.
1: Like she she might not be a <laughs> terrible person to go on their show.
2: Could be a good guess. Oh, she'd be fascinating. She probably has a lot of similar beliefs to Anna of sort of like yeah, eighth wave feminism of like she's written X- some pieces, you know, Emrata. It's Do we need an uh, outro?
1: See you guys in hell. Like, what is that thing? What is that thing? They say do they that, do is, that. Yeah, they say every at the end of every episode they say like, see you
0: guys in hell. Or it's just part of their fucking what's up, like switch, like subdom. Yeah, lure you in with the sense that they're submissive and that they'd have sex with anyone, and then dominate you by making you feel pathetic, but also still <laughs> having sex with them and making you make them have an orgasm. They're they're amazing. They're gonna fucking destroy all. Of them. <laughs> I think it's interesting to look at like, okay, let's take some examples, like Michael Ian Black or Deborah Messing or whatever, like what about the artists, not that these are, <laughs> well, what is the connect? I don't well know where you're Grace going to. bad and was- Michael in Black was what? Uh what show was he Kids in the Hall or was he what was his the, uh, was he the state the state. Yeah, yeah, And so uh yeah. Oh, there was a good Kids in the Hall where the uh yeah. Kevin Peterson looks like Jordan McDonald. Oh, yeah, yeah, That was actually an amazing. That's call. a good call And I that did. character. I watched
2: Brain Candy on your rec, by the way. <laughs> but, okay, Deborah Messing. Think? Sorry. all right. <laughs> <The> brain Candy's little <laughs> take uh, I love Brain Candy. That's moments. That's moments
1: uh always think of cancer boy <laughs> it seems like a. there's a
0: huge
2: fight about cancer boy i read it. they almost like didn't make the movie or they were they, it was like and
1: and cancer thing. boy is basically responsible for the uh people not promoting the film yes at that's all. A, yeah yeah. And it, yeah there was an internal wow. war about the character cancer boy and they were just like we can't do this and i yeah. was like i'm an
0: artist yeah. but now years later he's like i regret that cancer boy is a daddy <laughs> cancer boy is such a daddy uh the Messing thing i was trying to say was repeat artists like david simon might be a better example okay. which i don't love like wire like whatever i don't care anymore but like the uh like how do you feel if an if something you like if an artist you like becomes like a resistance target, not see, like a I sexual see, yes, offender yes, Not or whatever. like problematic, right. like
2: truly problematic, but just lamer so than you thought. So which are stronger objections base. to you
0: when you're consuming art? You're like That's moral objections, like it's bad to rape or whatever, or your aesthetic objections of like, this annoys me and this is dumb. And I think like the truth is for most people when it comes to like, Art and comedy. At least, I think that's the suspicion of someone like maybe Anna Kachian. Yeah. is that most people actually care much more about their aesthetic objections than their moral objections? And like, come on. Right. But you know, I kind of, I kind of agree. Like, you're consuming art on like the plane of your aesthetic. You're saying, is this, is this poetry winning or not? And uh, you're not really consuming it on the plane of like, you know, uh, R. Kelly's bad or. Whatever.